Welcome to Cinema Bushido, badass movie talk about badass movies. I am your host, Matthew Whitaker, and with me, as always, is my sister from another mister, Mr. Lee Van Cleef. How's it going, Lee? A little drunk. How are you doing tonight, buddy? I am a little drunk. It's the way to go. Um, I was just mentioning to you, I'll mention again, I don't normally do this, but I went ahead and got a whole growler of beer to bring back to my, uh, to be back to my studio, and uh, it's, it's treating me kindly. It's really the only way to pop a top. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It is a little weird. Like, I kind of wish I had one of those swirly straws. I could just put it in the top of that thing and then watch the beer go in the circle up the cool straw. But I'm just not that fancy. Yeah, my my first impression of a growler, my first experience with a growler was in Germany. And it was like a big two and a half liter one. And it had the big top on it. We were already drunk and we're just walking down the streets of Germany just fucking hammer drunk. Those gigantic steins. Yeah. It was like, you know, it's a growler with like two uh, metal handles on it because it's so fucking big. Such good beer from the Brahaus, as they say. From the Brahaus. Yeah. Very nice. Well, here we go. Uh, we are, believe it or not, I'll say, believe it or not, once upon a time, Chuck Norris was a champion in karate. He won a, uh, a competition. In fact, he won six consecutive years from 68. 274. Pretty badass. You wouldn't know it um, having watched him on um, Texas Ranger TV show or any of that crap. In the days prior to uh, Paul Bunyan memes and Family Channel movies about Native Americans and talking dogs, Chuck Norris actually played the leading man for Canon Group's movies. He was in a bunch of them. And you brought that up, uh, I think, two podcasts ago. Like, whatever happened to Canon? And we were both just like, yeah, what the hell? And that's a whole other thing. We should probably uh, do a, a talk on um, on Analog Mayhem and just... Uh, uh, so, yeah, speaking of, guys, go to analogmayhem.com if you want some off-movie talk. Uh, talk about GTA, and uh, we have a, one coming up where we discuss the Kumite. But, yeah, Cannon Group was cool. And Chuck Norris was pretty... He was a pretty badass motherfucker in his day. I wouldn't say... Okay, he wasn't really... He, he was pretty cool to me, and I was pretty young, and I just ate it up, but he definitely had the most badass mustache. What do you think? Uh, you know, me personally, when I was young, I, I kind of had an aversion to two main action stars. One was Chuck Norris, and the other was uh, Steven Seagal. Um, I always felt like I had good instincts. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I do remember him from, uh, like, selling ball flexes with his oh, hot wife. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, redneck karate man, uh, you know, Texas Ranger. Uh, you know, I mean, I knew he was, I, I, didn't he have some sort of connection to Bruce Lee? You know he did. That was fantastic. In fact, I had it all wrong. I kind of thought that he had done Breaker Breaker first. I think I mentioned this um, on our Bloodsport podcast, but when I was looking at Octagon stuff, I realized I was totally wrong. Like, he had done, like, a bunch of crap, really. And that was his break. Like, he was picked by Bruce Lee. Like, you know, Bruce Lee knew him. Like, you're this kick-ass karate guy. I want you to be in this movie. We're in Greece, and I'm going to fucking kill you. (laughs) And there it was. He was like covered in hair and that's what everyone takes away from that it was a really interesting scene at the end of uh, it used to be called uh, Return of the Dragon and it actually has another name um, now when I saw it in the drive-in it was called Return of the Dragon 
and it eventually had got some other name, but it's not. It's some other thing, because Enter the Dragon came way later, and Return of the Dragon sounded like a sequel, but it was actually a precursor to it. But uh, the, the scene, it's set up so well. It's in the, like, the Coliseum, and they're kicking ass, and, and there's this cat, this kitten, the whole time, that they keep cutting to. And it's, meow! And then, of course, there's, the, there's naked Chuck Norris there with all that hair, and there's a beautiful scene where Bruce Lee rips the hair out of his chest and blows it at him, and I thought that was fan-fucking-tastic. You know, uh, I agree. Uh, I, it was a good commercial, you know, for Nair. You know? <laughs> Okay, well, it's a, yeah, I don't know how many times you've seen that. I've seen that movie so many times, and it's it's got some of my favorite... You'd love some of the racism in it. I'm not calling you a racist, but I know you like... I know you hate the idea that the world has become too PC. And, yeah. Yeah, and there's a, there's a scene where these, uh, these black guys come in, and they decide, that, you know, it's like a gang from the 70s, and they're going to mess with all the Chinese guys. And the guy, he's like, could you give me some Chinese spare ribs? The guy's like... This, this Chinese waiter's like, I don't know, I don't know what you mean. He said, "Here, lift your arm," and the guy lifts his arm up a little bit, and he punches him as hard as he can in his ribs. He said, "That's what I'm talking about, Chinese spare ribs." It was <laughs> so wrong, so wrong. But <laughs> yeah, I I do like I do like anything that's not politically correct. It's like, yeah, you know, I mean, come on, man, you go to China, you think they don't think differently of us? Come on now. Exactly. Yeah, the world has gotten way too PC. And, it's like and it's I'm like a not. prison without walls, man. It's yeah, what it is. it is, it is. And I'm not on the side of things should just be worse. Things should be more racist. This Donald Trump thinking idea that we just all need to be shitty to each other. But I think that everybody deserves to be able to laugh at each other and themselves. You're a wise man. Yeah. So You're a beautiful man, too. That's great. <laughs> so the octagon is what we're talking about today. Whew. So let, let, I'll start it this way. Let me start. I said that all wrong. Let's do this. So we're talking about the octagon today. Today. <laughs> today. 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 I can feel the octagon coming. Now, so uh, what did you think? I mean, uh, the octagon, man. This was the most, the most iconic Chuck Norris movie. It was huge. It was. This was his. This was his. This is what he labored to get to. If you've ever wanted to wonder what a bunch of drug-addled hippies that were going to make a martial arts movie about ninjas and a, and a secret society would ever make, this is it. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I was totally... I mean, it was painful, and you should be ashamed of yourself for having <laughs> brought it onto the podcast. <laughs> okay, so in um, thinking of it, coming into it, I kind of thought, like, I like fun old you know kung fu movies and this is this is definitely one but i didn't remember it being so poorly acted i mean it is fucking terrible yeah you know i don't mind the sound effects i i i thought the the uh the soundtrack was one of the better parts of the movie and all the sound effects and all the you know the 70s music that would go and you'd like okay that's not that that doesn't bug me and, you know, you could see where Chuck Norris actually knew how to fight, you know. Um, but outside of that, the lines were so horribly delivered. Like, And Chuck Norris has the most milquetoast personality on the planet. Like, I'm just like, is he, like, popping downers the whole time? It's, it's hard. The whole movie is so flat and uninspired and lazy at times. It was, it was brutal. I mean, I watched it four times, and I, like, struggled 
struggled to get through the first hour and 20 minutes every time. And you're right. I remember um, I thought he was cool as hell. I, I, I mean, I just thought as a kid, I'm like, his delivery seemed so awesome. And he seemed so in control of his universe. And he seemed like he really had it together. And watching it as an adult, I was just like, I think, like you said, he was kind of a weak sad man that was working out every day because he was like not dealing well with life and he he obviously could just you know girls loved him and he was sort of famous for being like you know scott whatever his name is scott scott jones whatever they're like he's the best but he sucked he just even his kung fu uh, he there's this one particular scene where he's uh he's auditioning uh you know for that to get into the camps and he does his roundhouse kick, and I remember thinking that kick was so cool. And he's wearing um, these cowboy boots, and it just looked so terrible. It looked slow, and it looked like, I mean, I could just kind of push his leg back. It did not, it, you know, we talked about Bruce Lee and the power of his kicks. He's this little dude, and he could kick people across an entire room, that kind of thing. This looked like a kick where the guy would just be like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, I mean, there were scenes that were actually pretty good, but I think a lot of the scenes, they their problem was is that they were trying to do too much live-action choreo- uh, choreography, and there were a lot of scenes that looked just really sloppy or really slow, because, you know, it's hard to it's hard to fake that and get that and make it look realistic in one shot. I mean, this was like, I mean, I pictured a bunch of people doing acid or eating mushrooms and then smoking some pot and then just, like, designing this movie. It was really fucking lazy and then on top of that the guys in the trees that are hiding are like five feet off the ground and they're like the ninjas that are hiding everybody that's hiding in a tree is like you could jump up and touch them what the fuck dude and then it's like on top of that the the inner monologue is the most distracting annoying terrible poorly enunciated most psychedelic part of the movie it's there were very it was a very bleak and terrible and disrespectful thing. And you insult us both with this movie. It makes me stupid and it makes you a whore. <laughs> okay, so did you ever watch The Twilight Zone, the original? Uh, from like the 50s and the yeah. 60s, the black and white? No. Yeah. Okay, so that's a, that's kind of that's one of my jams. I just love watching those. But one interesting thing, if you watch it, if you ever get a chance to watch it today and you catch the right kind of shows that talk about technology or science fiction, you'll notice like at the time... It, robotics weren't popular or they weren't well known. They weren't being talked about in papers or whatever. So you had like um, these guys, they'd show up and they'd talk about uh, robots. <laughs> it just fucking made me laugh because it, it's, it's ignorance and you know, it's a guy reading his line and he's an actor in Hollywood and he's just trying to, he's just trying to make a dollar, right? He doesn't need to have to talk about robots all the time and the robots that are coming to do this and that. They're just killing me. That's what I felt in the octagon when they talked about ninjas. It's like they'd never even heard of what a ninja is or what it does. They just kind of, somebody said, well, you know, they're sort of magical and they go in trees and they were black and it's, you know, that's about it. So they just said, okay, well, let's do this. Like at one point, I think they talk about, they talk about ninjas like it's a type of, of science, like it's a type of medicine. Like, like, oh, well, you know, we're talking, oh, he's doing this and this with, like, the ninjaisms or something like that. It was really fucking weird. Yeah, most of the time, all the all the bad guys, their, their, their uh, motives aren't really laid out. I mean, it's kind of sad that the last 20 minutes, it, first of all, the movie doesn't have bad pacing, which is really a testimony to how bad the movie is. 
Because the movie has a quick pace, but it's so boring for the first hour and 20 minutes. The last 24 minutes of it are great. The whole rich rich lady. That whole... Oh, God. (laughs) And it's just like, it's it's like they, they spent so much time building this story that's so incoherent and sloppy and dull. And almost all the lines are delivered poorly. Uh, it was just, I mean, like I said, it was actually hard to get through the first hour and 20 minutes. It was very difficult. It was like a labor of love that I did for you. And now I hate you for it. And now listen, I can never forgive you. Listen up. I'm going to tell you, you need help with those kinds of things. You drink more. The more you I, drink, the better I drink, I was drunk. I was sober. I was in between. I was on coffee. I did. I I, watched, I tried to watch it on different days. It was. This was a really shitty movie. I I'm 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 not going to forgive you for this. This was a really bad movie. You sir are welcome. Okay. Yeah. So speaking of, I just finishing off the bad ninja thing. The um, cheap ass use of the Shuruka, the the AKA yeah. ninja star. There's a yeah. point where like there's no possible reason to use it and. Sakura comes and he's you know some there a couple guys are fighting. One of them's like I'm just fucking leaving, and he walks off and he he gets him right in the, right in the back. Yeah. <laughs> the shuriken. I'm like, so this is about ninjas and in the broad daylight, a guy wearing all black. He's he was obviously a complete ripoff of Darth Vader. Like he was the ninja Darth Vader. That's what they wanted to do. I mean, he had the labored breathing while they were fighting. He was freaking terrible. But he, in the middle of the day, in front of everybody, as a guy was walking off, had to get him in the back. And of course, the guy instantly died from having a, I don't know, inch and a half of of metal go into his uh, shoulder bone. Yeah, I mean, there was. Um, I'm not gonna lie. The first hour and twenty minutes are just total shit. Like, you shouldn't even... I mean, if you're going to watch this movie, just skip to the last part of the movie. We'll skip to the octagon. Does, <laughs> yeah. it, does it make any sense that this is a training camp for terrorists, is the idea? None of these guys yep. seem all that terrible. But then they, it, there happens to be this intricate um, octagon. You know, the, the it wasn't really an octagon, but an intricate mm. um, set piece of different, mm. like, layouts that he has to... You know, secret doors that he has to walk through to fight Sakura. Only people on mind-blowing drugs could have ever came up with this retarded fucking movie. You're right. Okay, so I had to bring this up to you because I think you'll think it's funny, too. There were two jokes about Sakura. Do you remember those? No. Okay, the first time Chuck Norris asks about, he's asking about Sakura, and the, the guy's like, wait, is that one of those, he was that shitty cowboy. He's like, is that one mm. of those Japanese cameras? <laughs> Oh no, transistors, transistors! It no, was the th- guy at the Photoshop. shop. No, that was the second guy, right? Yeah, uh, you got you got the second joke. The first joke was the shitty cowboy. Is that a Japanese camera? And then, of course, the the rich, obese uh, fur salesman was like, "Hmm, that sounds like some sort of transistor radio." Come to the back, sir. <laughs> what was your favorite scene in the movie? Oh man, okay, so I don't have a favorite scene. I, I I've and I've already covered it. I have a favorite concept, and my favorite concept is that some shit-kicking karate guy can have um, an inner spirit and an inner voice where he knows everything that's happening all the time, and he doesn't even know really what a ninja is. (laughs) That ninja thing, that ninja thing that went through the whole thing just killed me. It makes me like the movie more than, like, if it were, like, really serious. It makes me just kind of, like, oh, my God. Like, I'm a little bit blushing the whole time. But, yeah ninjaisms how about you uh there's a scene when he's sneaking into the compound 
Mm-hmm. And he is right by, he's conveniently right by this trough of water over right by this wall. And a ninja's sneaking up on him with two swords. And he, the ninja goes to kill him and he dodges out of the way. And then he like flips him over into the water. And without like not look, his eyes are on, constantly looking at his, uh, at his uh, 12. And without looking, he just like straight drowns the guy. Okay. And I was I, like, that I is hilarious. Loved that scene. You're absolutely right. I meant to bring it up to you because I'm like, what the hell is like one hand holding down this strong man in this trough of water while well, he checks? Yeah, he's looking behind him and he's way. Okay, he's dead and he walks off. Hey, but eight, the eighties, you gotta say something for the body count. I mean, yeah, I didn't mind that. There, there were a couple of good things. I mean, AJ's hair. Oh yeah. All these kids who are trying to bring back that retro haircut. That's how you do the retro hair right there. AJ had damn good hair. Oh my god. I don't god. know how he pulled it off. He was such a bad, bad character and actor i mean the shit yeah. that he would do I and mean, the whole fact that he was there out of i'm i'm not i'm not i'm better than chuck norris i'm better it's like you said you're fucking moron and his lines were terrible his character was terrible what but his he, hair what a piece of shit that was where it was at and i just, i brought it up for a second that damn rich lady sequence i don't know what the oh. fuck was going on with that yeah, that was painful. And that was quite painful. Freedom fighter lady. Like, they just were trying to show how absolutely, undeniably sexy Chuck Norris was. And the whole time, he looked like a, a painted rock. Like, if he painted some yellow hair on a rock. Eh, yeah, and he was definitely out of his prime. You had to think this was 1984. Or, no, it was 1980. This was 1980. This was already six years after he was no longer able to win in karate competitions. Yeah, but you know, there's a scene in the when he's on that paddock, and yeah. it's that third, it's the third little dock where he takes this guy down, and the guy lunges at him, and he fucking jumps up in the air. Oh, I love and, that kick! He and does. kicks, oh, dude, and then just straight rounds the guy. Yeah, I was like, that was pretty cool. I mean, yeah. if the movie if the movie had been full of that instead of their fucking LSD tripping inner monologue, <laughs> yeah. I might have actually watched it and enjoyed it. <laughs> oh God! Okay. Uh, and I didn't throw this out there, but anyone who watched this movie is going to know what a great scene it was that uh, all those ninjas are, for some fucking reason, nobody in this world could ever explain it, but they're climbing the wall to go kill Chuck Norris. I mean, a ninja could just dress up as a bellboy, walk up to the room, go inside and murder everybody. But no, they're climbing a brick wall of a fucking eight-story building with their cool little climbing crawl- claws. But yeah, you know the scene I'm about to talk about, how beautiful it was, right? The one where he's like, I told you to wait till he falls down. Exactly. It was perfect. It's... This guy just goes ahead and shoots him while he's like five feet still off the ground. The guy falls and hits. He's like, I told you to wait until they, their feet hit the ground. And the guy just sort of the guy just sort of looks at him and shrugs. He was pretty much big. He was pretty bigger and he made a mess. That was the whole point of that scene. <laughs> he made a mess because he shot him when he was too high up. So then they got to clean up the bodies. Okay. And, I never got know. that. I thought the guy was just a shitty, complacent asshole. But you're right. That's why he was like, all right, somebody needs to come clean this up. Well, he didn't, he was like, I told you to wait, and then he was like, and then clean this up, yeah, so it was about, because, you know, they, throughout the movie, those, uh, <laughs> I guess they're, I guess they're the CIA, I don't know who they really are, um, but they, uh, whoever this covert ops group is for the U.S. government, that's led by an Irishman, <laughs> they fucking, uh, <laughs> they're, they're constantly cleaning up bodies and then coming up with alibis for him. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a terrible, terrible, 
terrible plot. Yeah, I, mean, I thought I, of him as some kind of hunter or something. I have no idea who who the hell he the, who they were, what they were doing. Yeah. Well, they inferred that he worked for the government and that he was anti-terrorism unit. Then why but, was he wearing the crocodile Dundee outfit the whole time? Because he because back when okay, so this was made in 1980, which means yeah. everybody who wrote this had done LSD like 50 times. <laughs> Okay, so wait, let me, yeah, you're right. Okay, so I, how do you feel you're going to do on the Octagon Top 6? I'm going to do, I'm going to go, I'm going to go negative 5. You think? I, dude, this movie was so shitty <laughs> and so, like, so unrealistic. And he, there was just so much, it wasn't just the dialogue or the acting or the story that was lazy. He was like, there were so many little things that were just so lazy. It was just the laziest, most... Like, you know, back in the day, obviously, they didn't care about that much about accuracy. And I get it. Like, it's supposed to be fantasy. But this movie was, like, so... So far off base. It was it was brutal. I mean, like, I don't want it to be, like, where they try to pretend like they're all super serious all the time. I, I don't... That, that's not fun. But at the same time, I don't want it to be, like, they're fucking, like cowboy astronauts with fucking cowboy hats on their astronaut clothes and they're running around dropping acid and doing karate kicks. It was a fucking lazy movie. Okay, but so. I'll ask, I'll just submit this. Since everything is so fucking serious now, you know, this had some really funny and really kind of joyous stuff that you just don't find anymore. The only thing I really thought was interesting was that um, while most of the women's dialogue was really shitty, there were points where Chuck Norris would deliver a line, it was kind of snarky, and he'd deliver a good line. Or the rich girl would deliver a a line that was philosophical, and it would be a good line, and well-delivered. And then the hot girl uh, would deliver, you know, she tried. She tried really hard. She would deliver some good lines in the movie. I mean, ultimately her character was shit. She had, like, this one scene, remember she was pleading with him? Well, uh, let me tell you, the crux of it is that, oh, I'm just so scared of you. So I don't know. It was like so melodramatic. She's, she, she's got the Uzi and she's pointing it at him. <laughs> yeah. It's rarely a firearm, by the way. And she, like, and she points it at him and then she's like, oh, I, you could take it from me if you want to anyway. I'm like, no, bitch, shoot him in no, the stomach. You couldn't. He couldn't at all. Yeah. It's, yeah, exactly. it's an Uzi. Yeah, you just pull that trigger and he's dead. Yeah, like did they not teach you anything in the camp? That all yeah. you have to do is point that at someone and squeeze the trigger and they're dead? It was, uh... But she did deliver some good lines. It was paradoxical in how how sometimes how bad the dialogue was and that there would be, like, little glimpses of genius in it. And then it was also paradoxical in the fact that most of the acting was flat and terrible. Yeah. And that the directing... You could tell the directing was pretty bad. Uh, and whoever was in charge, in charge of photography was pretty bad. And, you know, it was just a really poorly move, done movie in editing. Not, I mean, the editing, whoever edited this movie, whoever was in charge of that, should be drug out in the street and shot like a sick dog. What about that final uh, scene where Chuck Norris is standing there and the sun's coming up? Oh, my God, that's terrible. It's a terrible ending. It was one of the worst <laughs> endings I've ever seen. The ending was so, it was so anticlimactic. It was just like, and then you saw it coming. When they were coming together, when they were about to co- converge, I thought, I was like, oh, he's just going to stab him with a sword because that guy has a scythe. Yeah. And guess what? He stabbed him. And I mean, it was, it, I mean, and it, the whole, there was no plot. 
I read something. I read something about an alternate ending that this was the fixed ending that the real one was different. Like, and they were like, eh, "This kind of sucks. Let's just have him with the sun coming up, and that's it." Something like that. All right, too but little, listen, too little, too late. Too little, too late. You're right. It is time for the Octagon Top Six. Are you ready? I I've had several beers. I'm ready. How many sides does an octagon have? <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Just oh, kidding. Yeah. <laughs> My know. eyes light up. I'm like, I know what that is. <laughs> I got the one. Okay. Octo. You, no, these are really good questions. Uh, I, you know, it's tough with a movie like this. I'm, I'm not going to give you... Okay, but really, here's for the real number one. What kind of clothing did Chuck Norris endorse for its kick-ass range of motion? I'm going to say denim jeans. You got it. That's, I, oh! I, I know you were going to get this. Promoted uh, by Chuck Norris, action jeans. Jeans that won't bind and allow you to get a full range of motion for face kicking. It's a I real am... thing. He actually made, he endorsed, he promoted, he endorsed. He didn't actually make them, but you know, he, action jeans. They must have had some sort of like synthetic in them to make him stretchy, like the early stretch pants that look like jeans. Yeah, I, I'm not entirely sure. I just know that uh, he didn't make any money off that. Meanwhile, Arnold Schwarzenegger made his first million on mail order weights. Ooh. Weights. Well, that's Federal because he, he is superior in every freaking way. I'm saying. Say. I mean, come on. Some men try to sell jeans and their name is Calvin Klein, and some men sell weights and their name is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold so. Schwarzenegger. I mean, it is nuts. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay, number two. So, good work. You have one point. This good is, job. This is out of six. Um, I always say you have to have at least three. three. Yeah. yeah. Get a 50-50. If you don't get the 50, you're a fucking failure for your whole life. So, number two. So, the flashback scenes were freaking hilarious, right? You had mm. young Luke Skywalker and some young Asian guy, and they're whining at their, with their dad. Who do you think played young Luke Skywalker, young Chuck Norris? Or do you I'm gonna know? say I'm gonna say the actual Luke Skywalker, whose it, name I can't remember. It looks just like him. It does look a lot. He's I think he's a little taller, but yeah, it's uh, it is not in fact the real Luke Skywalker. It is Chuck Norris's real son. His name was Mike Norris. And he had Mike Norris. Mike, Mike Norris. Norris. If you ever hear this recording, you're a fucking cunt. Mike, you look terrible. And don't stop yeah. stealing um, Luke Skywalker's hair. Mike, I'm going to need you to just go into the bathroom and get yourself to death with your own shoelaces. I'll give you okay. a half a point if you can tell me from Bobby Hacker's next Star Wars what one of the most iconic lines that Luke Skywalker said in it. Suck my Luke Skywalker, Skywalker dick. Yeah. Suck was, my Luke Skywalker dick. That was exactly awesome. what he said. No? So you got to have points. So you're one All of right, the half. Yeah. yeah that was exactly you know, I'd, rather, I'd rather do a podcast on Bobby Hacker's uh, new Star Wars than on this movie. That was terrible, man. I, I've invited Bobby Hacker to jump on Analog Man with us and talk about <laughs> X Star Wars. It's a piece of cinematic history, frankly. It's a Star Wars that came out before The Force Awakens. And uh, from all appearances, it looks like it was endorsed by uh, LucasArts, you know, with the, the special effects and all. It's, it's really, really nice. And um, some of the other lines uh, that, that, that uh, Luke Skywalker said, can you think of one other line? He had a couple other good whammies. I'm going to say... I'm thinking of the fat guy. I keep yeah. thinking of the fat guy. 
Well, the fat um, guy, the fat guy, as you call him, he wasn't really fat. He was just you know strong and burly. And that was uh, that was Han Solo. But you could throw one of those out there too. He has a line well, that's iconic I, in the original Star Wars as well as in Bobby Hacker's next Star Wars. I don't remember. Dude. It's don't get cocky, kid. Oh yeah. <laughs> Okay, so you got one and a half points out of two. I only remember the end. That was my favorite part of that. That was fun. It was good. Let's not spoil it for the audience. All right, so what modern battle venue... I say modern battle venue. I wrote this question wrong, but there is like kind of a modern battle thing that was named in homage to the Octagon. Like, what I'm looking for here is what... What is it like? Uh, like what kind of? I know, yeah. I know. It's uh, it's the uh, it's that that league where they fight in. Uh... Oh man, you can tell I'm drunk. You could uh, you could give me one of the two acronyms that sum up who these people are. Yeah, I know. I, I know what you're talking about because it like there's like uh, Forrest Whitaker and what's his name just died that everybody's talking about mm-hmm. uh, Bobby Slice or whatever. And it's called uh, UFW or something like that. It's like gonna, ultimate fighting. I'm going to give you a close one. It's called UFC. Yeah, UFC. And then it's got like Joe Rogan was a former fighter in it, and I've seen when I, I've seen some UFC fights. I'm only it's, giving you a half a point on this one because you had to throw uh, Forrest Whitaker's name out there and uh, <laughs> and disrespect him. And my dad does not like to be disrespected. So, Have you ever seen Forrest Whitaker fight? Though he's pretty smart. So like he fought this one guy named you talking about Kimbo uh, Kimbo Splice. Uh, I'm talking about I think it was Rampage, oh. and he he just like kept kicking him in the leg. Mm. And and at first you're like Forrest Whitaker, you are a very tall, very very uh, very well defined bitch. And then after about the third round, like Rampage is limping because he, he just keeps kicking him. In the did leg. he call himself Forrest Whitaker? Yeah, that was his. I think his name was Forrest Whitaker. I don't remember, dude. Listen, I I only watched that stuff when I was deployed. I never really watched it. I'm so not like you were not in fact trying to rip on the real Forrest Whitaker. No, no, no. That's his name. Is Forrest Whitaker? He's actually a fire. I think he had the heavyweight title, the belt for. Mm. I, I don't know. I think he had it for a little bit. He was like he was he was he was he was dubbed like a smart fighter. I'll research <laughs> that if I find out that you're wrong. Um, next. Top six. I'm going to de- deduct a whole freaking point from you because you know. Hey, hey, listen, ride or die, bitch. <laughs> okay. Ride or die. All right, so I'm going to give it doubt, to you. Whip I'm it gonna, out. I'm going to give it to you. Two and a half. All you need is a half point more. That's it. Oh, I. I mean, I. I think we're going to fail. Hold on, let me finish this real quick. Oh yeah, we're going to fail. Let's do this. Well, you might. You might. I got two really hard questions and one really good, easy good. one. Good. And, okay, so what were the Brits so offended by that in the uh, video release of the Octagon in, uh, let's see, what year was it? In 2012, of all things, four years ago, they cut 32 seconds out of the Octagon for the uh, the British people. I'm going to say the sex scene. You'd think you're right, but you know, they're, they're pretty sexy people. They throw boobs on the screen all the time in their stuff. They it, show their tits all the time in real life, too. Yeah, yeah, what it was actually is nunchucks and throwing stars. My God! Yeah. What is what has what has England and Britain in general come to? Hey, that's why we when just need to censored. Brexit. Take these. Yeah. Take the Bre- Take the Brits and just put them on their own island. <laughs> Nigel <laughs> Farage, my nigga. Yeah. So I thought it's that was pretty sad. Down as you kept. Did you see that? I mean, I actually. 
uh, on an unrelated, I know Ghost doesn't like it, but I actually do love UKIP. I think you guys are just, you guys are staying classy, man. You're, an ass. You're such an ass. I'm giving them shit because the, it wasn't them. You know, it's kind of like people giving the Americans a hard time because of the MPAA or whatever. It's not. I love the Brits more than I love a lot of things. But I do think that uh, censorship in general is a fucking tragedy. And throwing stars and nunchucks? Which is ironic because I can say the word cunt all the time over there and nobody gives <laughs> yeah, a Yeah, they're just like, whoa, he's being yeah. cheeky. They get, they, get, they get more mad about us saying twat, which is really twat. Do you yeah. know that? Yeah. They make fun of us for that. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. And for I like I like the absinthe out there. Great stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um you're you did not Two get that one. You did not yeah, get I that failed one. that one. All right. I don't know hard. if I should save the easy one for last and change the order and give you another hard one. No, 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 no. Give me a hard one now. But give so, hard one now. Yeah, give you the other hard one, right? Okay, so I will change the order. This is the second hard one. The last one was pretty easy. Um what insect does the ninja use as concealment from its enemies? What insect? Yep. I'm going to say the praying mantis. That's a pretty good answer, but it's totally wrong. Crickets. They would they would often keep crickets in a box in their pockets. So they would ah, stop, and the crickets would start going clever. crazy. So then people would think, oh, there's nobody here. The crickets are going. And then they would come mm. out and stab the shit out of someone. That's so clever, as in, they say in Japan. In, so clever. In feudal Japan, those annoying insects were everywhere, so they made for an assassin's best friend. Makes sense. Makes you, sense. You, clever, said it, you are set up to fail. You're set up to fail. You need mm. a half a point. There's one point left. The last question, I say it's pretty easy, but, you know, this question is actually... Uh, an opinion of mine, so you could get it wrong. <laughs> yeah, because it's not. I mean, it's not. It's even not. It's not empirical. Yeah, it, it, exactly. Yeah, it's not empirical. Yeah. Your namesake, Mr. Lee Van Cleef, is most famous for playing what role in what badass flick? I I'm gonna just with the hint that you gave me. I'm gonna say um, the good, the bad, the ugly. All right, that's the movie. But you have to have the role if you're hoping to sure. win. The top six sheriff. <laughs> That's actually really good because, you know, most Westerns had a sheriff. Um, this particular one, I don't think he was a sheriff, but that wasn't who he was anyway. There are three characters, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Can you imagine? No, I'll let you just pick one. You could still win this. You have the one? No, he was not the good. He was the bad. Well, you know, I never, I know, I really never liked Westerns. So I, I always avoided them like the plague. I thought they were really boring. That's fair. That's a really good Western. Actually, I say that to you, but I tell you, if you watch The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, and you're not someone who likes Westerns, you would really hate me. Forget the octagon. We're talking like a two-and-a-half-hour movie where we have, we have like, the, the Civil War going on and shit. Yeah. This movie made Blind Fury look good. I was like, man, I miss Blind Fury. It's good going, man. Yeah. At least Blind Fury had a story. A little Rooker <laughs> Hauer. All right, well, you lost the top six by a half hey, a point. Uh, I um, feel like that's like a, a badge of honor on this one. Yeah, it is. You know, <laughs> what can you do? You did get a couple of really good ones. I mean, the jeans, the denim jeans, that's inspired. Because, I mean, if you didn't watch it and you don't know Chuck, you're not going to get that he's uh, marketing jeans. I mean, I, I mean, he did, he did do some pretty... Uh, athletic stuff in those jeans but uh no homo but uh, yeah it was a 
a terrible, terrible movie. Don't ever watch The Octagon unless you're, like, on acid. And then watch only the internal dialogue. I mean, the the uh, the, uh, the inner monologue. But I was going to say, the, the actual last 20 minutes of the movie are decent. Are you thinking just when he gets to the camp and then the battle with yeah. the, with yeah, when he sneaks into the camp and the battle? I mean, it's still it's still pretty hard to suspend belief. You're like very aware you're watching a movie. Yeah, the movie is quite terrible, but it's that that last series of action is actually forgivable for the time. It's just not. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's it's just shit. It's just. It's like my it's mind bogglingly shit. The whole movie is just really, really shitty. What was the but, bad guy's name, by the way? Not Sakura, the the actual Darth Vader ripoff. He's never given a name. He's just like the head ninja. He's like the enforcer ninja. Yeah. That's that that has the weird squeals. Yeah. That are animalistic in nature at times. And then Andy I told you at the end it annoyed me he had the uh the labored breathing of Darth Vader, you know? I'm like oh. Yeah, he's like oh, oh I'm gonna think you me. Okay, so um, we are gonna we're gonna go play some Grand Theft Auto. Uh, speaking of which, uh, Lee, where can people find you? Um, they can find me, no, for, no. <laughs> I was giving you my address there, but uh, no, they can find <laughs> me on uh, El Presidente Five on uh, on PSN. If they want to hit me up on Twitter, it is. Hooked, which is H O U K T is in Tango underscore U N is in November underscore Phonics at F is in Foxtrot A N is in November I X Z is in Zulu oh S is in Sierra S is in Sierra sorry so S is in Sierra is my I'm really uh, glad uh, I'm 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 feeling really proud of myself that the second I just made you spell out your entire uh, Twitter handle while you're drunk. <laughs> Where all I can say is, hey guys, just look at the look at the uh, description of the podcast, and you'll be able to find us both. <laughs> <laughs> I am at mm-hmm. Evil Twin Ghost on both PSN and on Twitter and anywhere else. But thank you uh, so much for listening in, and uh, definitely send me some comments. Send me uh, uh, a tweet and let me know what your uh, experience was with the octagon. Also, if you have any dirty pictures and you want to send them my way. Yeah, dirty pictures. Find my Twitter. (laughs) Thanks, guys.